Welcome to the podcast for WGTS 91.9's Gateway Fellowship, a weekly service for anyone of any faith that is ultimately about inspiring hope. You can learn more and find more messages like this at mygatewayfellowship.com. I am so glad that there is another special person here that we see that's part of our Gateway family. And the reason I'm so excited that he's here today, because he will be the only one to, to prove to you that I am not telling, I am not exaggerating with this story. And that is Brennan. Brennan, have you raised your hand there? And many of you know Brennan from previously from the morning show at WGTS. You hear his voice. And now he's in the evenings, Brennan in season. And so you hear him. That is the Brennan that you do hear on the radio part of WGTS. And he says, why are you embarrassing me like this? I'm just coming here to <laughs> get my praise, and here you are. But I have to just mention Brennan because this he's the only one that will testify to this. Now, I lived not too far from here on a street called Kingwood. Kingwood is just right down the street, probably um, maybe five minutes from here. And it was... Uh, um, my first time of living in a house here in D.C. Because prior to that, I lived in a condo right in the middle of D.C. In fact, I could go out and just look and see the Capitol Dome. And I lived there for almost 10 years. And that's what I considered home. And so um, the church had a parish house uh, that they had available. And so they opened it up. And um, they convinced me it would be a little bit better to be a little bit closer to the church. And so I decided to move into the little parish house. And I haven't had a yard in so long. Y'all have to understand, I've been in the military. I lived in barracks. And, and for the last time that I had actually been in a house house, it had been a long time. And this house had a great big yard and everything in the back. And one of the things I loved in the back is they had this great big tree. And in the tree was a squirrel. Now, Brennan, you remember Timmy the squirrel? He, I'm telling y'all. Now, I was so fascinated by the squirrel for some reason, and I even gave it a name, Timmy. And what, <laughs> and I mean, I can tell you all stories about Timmy the squirrel. Uh, he was just, you know, lived in a tree, he was minding his own business, and I started a very bad habit up. I started feeding him. And I mean, I, I started by just putting a little, uh, little thing of peanuts on the table. And once Timmy realized that, you know, I, I don't know how they knew it, but once he knew it was food, he would, he would come and get it. And Timmy would come and he would get the food and get the food. And I just thought that was the coolest thing because out my bedroom window, I could look out there and I could just pull the blinds back just a little bit and I could see Timmy. With the, and he wasn't, he, you know, like they say the squirrels take the nuts and they throw them in their mouth or whatever they do and puff them up. Timmy would just break those things open and eat them right there. He would just eat the peanuts just right on the spot. And no matter how many I put out there, Timmy would eat the peanuts. And it was so funny. Once uh, Timmy was just really getting out of control because he had started to gain weight. And I mean, it was getting bad. And this is not part of the story, but Brennan will tell you this. I stopped feeding Timmy for a while. And Timmy was so used to food that he started going over to the neighbor's garden eating their food. And the neighbor would come out, who... This is, I've been here 25 years and I've never had anything eating my garden up. And it was Timmy because he was so used to eating food because I would leave all sorts of little stuff out there for him. But this is what I want to say here is today is that when I was trying to break Timmy from this habit of feeding him, Timmy started doing the most interesting thing when it came close to winter. Somehow, I don't know this to this day, but Timmy realized that I would look at him outside the window when I would feed him. 
And so when I stopped feeding him, Timmy, I don't know how he would do it, but he would climb up and get on my window ledge and start hitting up against the window. And I first went heard a tick, 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 tick. And it'd be, I'd open up the window and scared me to death. Open up and there's a squirrel in there looking at me. And y'all, all I can tell you is that Timmy would do that, I mean constantly, until I got up and would go out and put some nuts out there for him. It got so bad that one day I just went and bought a big bag of, of, of peanut things and I would just sit them there. And I left, you know, feeding Timmy. I don't know whatever happened to him after we left, but Timmy was, you know, there. I had poor squirrel. I had ruined him. But what I loved about Timmy is that Timmy got to the point where he was persistent. He would not stop knocking until I gave him something to eat. What an example for us if we could translate that into our relationship with God. There's a story in the Bible that I just want to take a few moments and share with you today. It's found in the book of Luke, chapter 18, verses 2 through 5. And I consider this one of the most misunderstood stories in the Bible. Let me share this with you. There was a certain judge who did not fear God, nor regard man. Now there was a widow in the city, and she came to him saying, get justice for me from my adversary. And he would not for a while, but afterwards he said within himself, though I do not fear God, nor regard man, yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her, lest she will continue to come and to drive me weary. And I know that's a different translation there. But the story goes along with our theme for this month, which is trusting God. Now, when you read this story, and if you don't consider it a parable or an allegory, and you just take it as face value, you say the story simply represents this, is that we got to go to God, and we just got to beg him, and then finally God will just get tired and say, you know what, priest, you've been praying about that for so long, just just, just, just stop bothering me. Here, just get it. But friends, if you were to really read the example of what this story is trying to share with us, it's simply this. that this woman got to the point where she knew that she needed God. She needed something from God. And she got to the point that it is not about the judge and this is, the judge is not God in this story. You can go back and we have more time to break it down. This is not God. God is not a person who fears man or what. It's not talking about God, the judge there. The emphasis on the story is simply that this was a woman who would not give up. And God was saying to us is that that's the way that we should be as Christians. Don't give up when things get tough. 
hang in there. That even if this woman knew not to give up, if she knew to keep trusting God, that's an example for us. In fact, she did three things that we want to just take a few moments and talk about. And the very first thing that she was able to do and the lesson that we can learn is that she prayed once again and she didn't give up. And friends, we have to believe that. There are many of us here today where you have been so close to the blessing that God had in store for you, but for whatever reason, you allowed circumstances, you allowed people, there are some of you here who have allowed friends, even family, to make you stop. And once again, the lesson that they're trying to teach us in this allegory, our parable, is don't give up. Don't give up. God has a purpose. He has a plan for your life. And I don't care if you're 90 or if you're nine. As long as you have breath in your lungs, you still have a purpose. You still have a plan that God has in store for you. One of the stories that inspired me many, many years ago is the story of a person that you've heard of. Her name was Wilma Rudolph. She was born in an early age. She was crippled. At 11, her family just realized that they could not afford to do anything. And this poor little girl would just drag her legs along. And finally, the mother just said, you know what? I have to do something. And so the mother would simply take her daughter to the little nearest city, I believe it was Memphis, and the mother would drive, well, she would hitchhike, sometimes as much as four hours to just get her little daughter there. And so finally after being there, the mother convinced the doctor to give her braces for her legs. And so, at 11, Wilma received these braces on her legs. You see, she suffered from polio. And so Wilma walked around with the braces and kids would tease her and different things, but she kept going. And what I love about her is that she went to a little prayer meeting with her mother. And keep in mind that Wilma, her family, this is the thing that's so amazing with me, is that she had 16 brothers and sisters. Can you imagine that? And you can imagine how tight funds were. But Wilma went to this little prayer meeting with her mother, and the preacher said something that Wilma never forgot. He said that when you face difficulties, when you face a challenge, when you face something that seems impossible, don't give up, but trust God. And so Wilma, when the guy was done preaching, she went up to him. And she said, did you think that God could actually do something with me? And that preacher spoke words of confidence into her and said, Wilma, with God, all things are possible. Wilma, do you believe that? 
And she was a little nervous and she said, well, maybe I. He says, Wilma, do you believe that with God all things are possible? Well, Wilma, do you believe it? And finally, she thought about the braces and she started thinking. If this preacher is right, maybe I could walk without braces and the kids wouldn't tease me. And so Wilma took all the strength that she had and she simply said, I believe. I'm not going to give up. And so Wilma, that very night, she went out to the barn and without her crutches, with just the braces on, she started walking and she would simply say in her mind, I'm not giving up. With God, all things are possible. I'm not giving up. With God, all things are possible. And Wilma continued to go back and forth in that barn day after day. And finally, Wilma did something that shocked everyone. Without doctor's permission, without her parents' permission, Wilma got some pliers and she took the braces off of her legs. And Wilma started walking. It wasn't easy, I'm sure. But she just kept saying it over and over in her mind. Not giving up. With God, all things are possible. I'm not giving up. With God, all things are possible. And Wilma was walking back and forth. Never had braces again. But the story didn't stop there. Wilma broke history. In 1960. By being the first woman to receive or to win three gold medals in the Olympics for running. Wow. And if you were to ask Wilma, how is that possible? It doesn't make sense. You had braces. And she would simply say, I didn't give up. I kept believing God. I didn't give up. I kept believing God. With God, all things are possible. Three gold medals in track and field. And friends, I say that to say, is like the widow in the story, trust God and don't give up. Realize that God has a plan for you. Don't get so close to what he has for you and you're almost there, almost ready to win the race. Instead, you just start... Friends, God does have a plan for you. That brings us to our very next point is the woman in the story. She really understood that things and situations can change. Let me repeat that. She understood that things and situations can change. And I know we can say that 
But friends, you got to get to the point that you really believe it. That your situation can change. Your situation, with the help of God, is not permanent. It's not. God can do the impossible. He can make a miracle for you. He can open up doors. Friends, you have to believe that. Because if you get to the point where you can't even think in your mind that my situation can get better, it's just the way it is, and this is the way it's always going to be, there's never going to be a difference. One of the most inspirational things that I read growing up was a story of a man by the name of James Cash Penny. Now, he was born years ago on a farm in Missouri. But he was raised believing God. He was raised in, in, in ethics and the golden rule and different things. And finally, when he got enough money, he opened up a little store in Wyoming and he called the store the golden rule. And in his store, he would always be fair to people. And he went on the list, everything. And people came from all over. In fact, his store became what we would call probably the first Walmart. And this would have been like in the early 1930s and 20s. And everyone loved going to his store. It was a popular store. They were, like I said, it's fair. You could buy stuff on credit. It was just fantastic. Well, unfortunately... He had eventually opened up 34 stores, but he had become so nice that people had borrowed stuff on credit, didn't pay back, and and then everything started falling apart. Now, even though this guy still had $2 million in the bank, and this is like, say, in the 20s and stuff, a lot of money, but he started thinking about his problem so much, it started to drive him crazy. And it got so bad because he just couldn't stop thinking about his problem. What if I lose a store? What do people want to say about me? It went on and on and on and on. But people would try to convince him. James, even if you lose every store today, you still have $2 million. And if you were to put $2 million equivalent in our day and age, it would be around $80 million. You still have money. Why are you so worried about this? But friends, I'm here to say today, that if you don't learn to break the worry habit, it can drive you crazy. Even if you have $80 million in the bank. It got so bad with James that he was put in a mental institution. Kid you not, read it for yourself. He was hospitalized. All because he kept worrying because his stores were going bankrupt. What happened next is that James started to believe that he was dying. Worry can even do that, friends. He started having anxiety attacks and different things, and he got to the point where he even called his lawyers in, and he made up his will, had given all his money. He just says, I'm going to be dead by tomorrow. It's, it's over with. That was it. But then one day, while he was lying in his bed, just waiting to die, he heard a nurse singing. And this is the song that he sang, was an old hymn. 
trust and obey, there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. And what happened next is that he took all of his strength and he went next door to hear who was singing the song. And when he was done hearing the song, he went into the chapel, got on his knees, and he said, Lord, I'm going to do two things. The first thing is, I'm not going to give up. The second thing, I'm going to turn all my worries, all my problems over to you. He said when he left that chapel, a peace came over him that words cannot express. For the first time in his life, he literally gave all of his worries over to God. But what happened to his business, some might say, the golden rule? Well, the golden rules went out of business. But James kept going and he started another store up. And that store was called J.C. Penney's that is still around to this very day. Founded by a man who was in a mental institution because he allowed his worries to take over. He couldn't understand that God had a bigger plan for him. He was worrying about this little convenience store he was running and stuff. And the Lord had given him a bigger vision. But he allowed worry to stop that bigger vision from happening. There are some of you here today that you have allowed worry to take over your life. And let me tell you what worry will do, is that if you want to be deeper in Christ, what Christ wants is us to trust him. Trust him when we don't understand, trust him when when, when things seem to not be working the way we want. But what can take trust away very fast is worry. And so I believe personally that the enemy knows that, that worry can take trust away. And so the enemy wants you to worry. All these bills I have, it's never going to happen. It's horrible. All the problem that I'm facing. Friends, we have to be like J.C. Penney here today. Whatever you're worrying about, don't let that take the trust that God wants for you. He has some great stores that he wants you to build for him. And it may not be an earthly store, but it may represent something so big that he has for you. Don't let worry take trust away. Wherever life's journey is taking you, we hope you can find a home at Gateway Fellowship, a ministry of WGTS 91.9. We'd love for you to visit us sometime. Services happen each Saturday evening at 6. You can learn more about us and get more podcasts at mygatewayfellowship.com.